today on Anchored in the Word. We don't have to worry about a financial collapse. We don't have to worry about what another nation... If you're in Christ, the promise is He's going to take care of us. We're not going to face God's wrath. These things, some generation had to see these things come to pass. I think we're living in an awesome generation. We're, we're in way fortunate. I don't know how much longer, how much more wicked could the world become? This is Anchored in the Word, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey, with our pastor and teacher, Bill Beckelman. The end times have been widely discussed as we watch events unfold around the world. It would be easy to shrug off these parts of Scripture as fairy tales, but as Pastor Bill explains what the Bible says about the end times, we'll come to see how God has made provisions for everyone to know Him, everyone can choose salvation. At the close of Pastor Bill's message, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Anchored in the Word. Subscribe to the podcast or simply get in touch with us. Now here's Pastor Bill with today's edition of Anchored in the Word. Are you ready for what? Well, what we're going to look at this morning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 13, and we'll read from there, from verses 13 to 18. And keeping in our mind as we're reading this, the question, it begs an answer. It's a private thing. It's between each person. Don't look at your neighbor. I did ask, are you ready? But the question really comes to you and me. Am I ready? Pick it up in verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, And with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Paul's addressing two types of people here. Both types of people are Christians, first of all. That's important for us to understand. He's speaking to the believers, those that are born again. He's speaking to those in the church in Thessalonica that he had planted. Three-week visit in Thessalonica. He was preaching in the synagogue there. And as a result of the gospel going out, basically sharing the fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he's resurrected from the dead, he's alive. That's the message that he was preaching. Some people believed it. It changed their lives. 
They turned from the way that they were going and they started doing things the way Christ would have them do by his power. Paul writing the letter to the Thessalonians and they needed to be encouraged. He was chased out of town. They were going to kill him for preaching the word. And the persecution continued after he left. So the church needed to be encouraged. And so he wrote in this letter, and this is an encouraging letter because in every chapter of this five chapters of this book of 1 Thessalonians, at the end of each chapter, the Holy Spirit makes reference to the return of Jesus Christ. Very important. And even says in this chapter, when he finishes, he says, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Christ is coming back. Jesus Christ is going to return to earth. We need to be ready. Are you ready for his return this morning? Are you ready? That's the question that begs an answer. And so as we look at this chapter, two kinds of people. People that have died, Christians that have died. Now we know that Jesus said that if you believe in me, you will never die. But their bodies expired. There have been many people since the beginning of time, and even since Jesus walked the planet 2,000 years ago, that have died as Christians or have ceased to exist. The Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So there are people that are with the Lord. Now, but he's speaking to these people because here's what was happening in Thessalonica. I mean, these people, they were living in a time in such a way that they were believing that Christ was going to come back today. That's the way they were living. And because they were living that, that was on the forefront of their minds. This was the problem that they were having. They were thinking, well, what's going to happen to our brothers and sisters that died? They're going to miss the rapture. What, what's going to happen to them? They're going to miss the glorious return of, of Jesus Christ. They were concerned about the brethren that had died. And so Paul writes and he speaks to what happens to a Christian when they die before Christ returns for the church. That may happen to some of us in this room. It could happen to all of us in this room, although I'm not believing that. I find that hard to believe. Looking at the way things are in the world, hey, this isn't the only stage that's been set behind me. The stage of the world has been set. What's going to happen when Christ returns? I mean, look at Jerusalem. Look what's happening in Israel. Look at the world coming against this one little itty-bitty nation. It happens to be God's nation, the apple of his eye that he's preserved. He's brought back unprecedented. In 1948, they became a nation again that had their own country. God did that. Why? Because it's the fact that Israel exists says that God is real. Israel. God is real. When you ponder Israel, when you think about Israel, you can't help but think there's something going on over there. And everybody, these huge nations are coming from around them wanting to do them in. When you talk about political correctness, that's been violated in the Middle East. They're going to wipe you off the face of the map. That's not politically correct to say something like that. People, are, Nations are saying that about Israel. They're making maps with no Israel on it. They're not as far along in political correctness as we are over here. But the idea is, it's God's nation. The stage is being set for the things that the Bible talks about. These things aren't fairy tales. They're really going to take place. And people are getting maybe a little worried. 
because they look around, they see our financial system crumbling. I mean, nations going bankrupt. Folks, the Bible declares that there's going to be a one-world currency. Do you think that if everybody was doing well financially, that the nations would say, yeah, let's just all become one nation? Of course they wouldn't. To give up their sovereignty that way? But how about if everything crumbled and they had to come up with an idea to make this thing work again? Oh, that sounds like a... Well, that's what's going to happen. God said it was going to happen. The Bible talks about, in the book of Revelation, about the mark of a beast. Talks about a time when you won't be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark. Some of the things that were written in Revelation when they were read 50 years ago were like, that can't be a literal interpretation. How in the world is this stuff, how in the world could you have a one world with a no currency? How could you have a mark to do everything? Look around. Went to the airport last time I flew or the time before, you know, and I think I'm all high tech because I printed out my boarding pass before I left my house. You know? I get there with my boarding pass, you know, you know, and I get there and this person pulls out their phone, their smartphone, and gives it to the security guy. The security guy takes his phone and scans it. I'm like, man, I'm living in the past again. <laughs> I mean, I just can't keep up with the technology. The next step is put the chip in you, you know, and, 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 and there are people that are all concerned because they're on the inside and they see certain things are going towards a certain way. And listen, we don't have to worry about a financial collapse. We don't have to worry about what another nation, if you're in Christ, the promise is he's going to take care of us. We're not going to face God's wrath. These things some generation had to see these things come to pass. I think we're living in an awesome generation. We're, we're in a way fortunate. I don't know how much longer, how much more wicked could the world become? I mean, we've got a little, I think we've got a little ways to go. I mean, if we, to get to the bottom, there are some things that are still illegal, that are immoral, you know what I'm saying? Immorality is still some of it that's illegal, but not much. But there's still some. But at the pace we're going right now, that won't last very long. Pretty soon it'll be just like in the days of Noah. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Who cares? Just do what's right. If it feels good, do it. We're not far from that. We're not too far from that. God judged. The time is getting ripe. We're ripe for judgment. But this morning, God's going to talk about the Christians that have fallen asleep as he used it, and, and don't get any ideas in here, okay, Christians? No sleeping in Jesus while we're in the study. But he's going to talk about the Christians that have died. And then he's going to talk about this glorious thing that we, we know as the rapture. We're going to talk about the rapture of the church this morning. But he starts off by saying something in verse 13 that's from Paul the Apostle, but more than that is from the Holy Spirit of God, God himself. Brethren... I do not want you to be ignorant. In other words, God wants us to know this. This is something that he desires that we would know this morning. We can't know everything about God, but there are some things that he definitely wants us to know, and this is one of them. Listen to what he says. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others that have no hope. The word asleep means death. 
And you can see where he would use it in that way because you're really not dead if you're a Christian. He's talking about Christians. You really never die. Jesus said that. If you believe in me, you will never die. So when we really say today, oh, they died. It's like I always check myself. No, they didn't die. They went to be with the Lord. That's proper. They went to be with the Lord. They didn't die. Now, people that don't die in the Lord, they don't really die in the sense that they cease to exist. They exist too. But they're somewhere else, and that's called in the Bible, that's death, that's separation from God. Not only is the spirit separated from the body, but now they're separated from God eternally. They don't cease to exist according to the Bible. They go on and on and on where there's no peace. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Eternal damnation. It's a horrible place. Nothing to laugh about. Never laugh about hell. You ever find yourself, I remember one time I was teaching a class, and uh, we decided in this class altogether that we were going to come on a holiday because, you know, it was a Bible class. I had the keys to the building because I was a pastor there, and, you know, and it was okay. So we come in, well, guess what? They turned all the air conditioning off. I mean, it was really hot in there. And so I get up at the beginning of the thing, and, you know, trying to, you know, make light of the situation. I said something about hell, made a reference to hell, and it was, everybody giggled, and I was convicted immediately. Have never done this since. Hell is not a laughing matter. It's really not. Because if we laugh about it, we take it lightly. Oh yeah, we're not going there if we believe in Jesus. But guess what? A lot of other people are. And it's no laughing matter. It's not a laughing matter to ever laugh about hell. But it's a real place. Jesus died so that we would have hope and wouldn't go there. But now he's talking about those that have fallen asleep that knew Jesus. Where do they go? What happens to them? They're going to miss the rapture. No, don't worry about them. They're going to have some fun too. Let's look at what it says in verse 14. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, by the way, to be a Christian, you must believe that in the resurrection. For if we believe that Christ died, he's not on the cross anymore. That's a wrong rendition of Jesus. He is not on the cross. He was on the cross. He died. He was taken off the cross. He was put in the grave. He's not in the grave. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's resurrected. Paul said, if the resurrection didn't happen, we are to be pitied above all men. We're fools if the resurrection didn't happen because that means, guess what, that we're not going to live. There's no life after death. If there's no life after death, you know what we should be doing right now? We're wasting our time. Let's go out and have some fun out there in the world like everybody else is doing. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you cease to exist. That's what Paul said regarding the resurrection, if it's not true. But he believed it was true, and so do I. And that's what the scriptures teach. And he says, verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, the first reference to those that have died in Christ, when Jesus comes back, he's going to bring those people with him, which would fit with the scripture that we have, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that's where we believe the people that have died have gone, to be with Jesus. They're with Jesus, and they're going to come back. And then he says in verse 15, for the second part, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now, keep this in mind. They were living in a state of imminence. They believed that Christ was going to come back any moment. 
When he ascended that day into heaven in the book of Acts, it says that the disciples were there, and, and he was just, by the way, that's like a rapture-like thing when Christ just kind of ascended up into the clouds in his body that he had, in his new body. And they looked at him going up, and, and the angel said to him, well, men clothed in white, what are you looking up here for? That same Jesus will return in like manner. Key word there, by the way, is clouds. And then we'll see that as we go through with the rapture. Because some people confuse the second coming of Jesus when he sets down his foot down on the earth, and then the rapture when he comes back in the clouds. There's two different things. Some people call it a two-part return of Christ, because in a sense he is returning for his people in the rapture, part one. And then the part two is when he sets his foot down in Jerusalem, coming through the eastern gates. The stage will be, that's after the seven-year period on earth. It's going to be called the tribulation period. But this is what he's saying here in verse 15. That when the rapture happens, those that are alive, and they were looking for it at any time, they were ready for that to happen. He says, we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Don't worry, they're not going to have, we're not going to, they're not missing out on anything. They're not missing out. Look what he says. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now this is an interesting scripture. Because in one hand we're saying now to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. When the Lord comes back, he's going to bring those with him. Right? And now it seems like he's saying, well, they're coming from somewhere else now. They will rise first. We're thinking resurrection now getting resurrected bodies if you're alive. And so the idea of the graves will be emptied and somebody's going to rise up. Well, and this causes some, he calls it mystery. And, uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15.50. Regarding the rapture of the church, 1 Corinthians 15.50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality." So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Now, I do believe that the scriptures teach that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I do reject the teaching of soul sleep, which believes that a soul will be going to sleep in the, in the ground. By the way, that generally what goes with that, um, in other words, the bodies that we put in the ground, there's a soul that's sleeping. Death is separation from the soul and the body. That's what happens at death. Because the people that teach soul sleep, by the way, also teach something else with that, and that's annihilation which means that certain souls will be annihilated. In other words, there's no suffering in hell. That's another thing that kind of goes with soul sleep doctrine. That's not true either. That's not consistent with Scripture either. They can be divided, those two, but I'm just saying that we, we don't believe that. We don't believe in soul sleep. So what then about this in the ground? A couple things it could be. 
and I want to draw your attention to the word mystery. There is somewhat of a mystery to this thing, but let's see what we can figure out. It could be because I believe that we have to hold on to the truth that we don't just go into the ground and we don't have a consciousness and we're sleeping until Jesus comes to get us. That's inconsistent with the rest of the Bible. So we believe when we take our last breath here, we take our first breath in heaven in the presence of the Lord. So what about it then? It could be this. And the teachings are that some people believe that you go to be with the Lord and you're given some kind of a body until that day of the resurrection when you'll be reunited with your old, believe it or not, old body, but it's going to be transformed. It's going to be changed. And in that body, there will be a resurrection literally of the bodies from the ground, whatever left, and God will just somehow do something like that. The graves will be open and, and the, you'll get your um, resurrected body at that time, different from the one that the people have died and had gotten. That could be the case. Some people even believe that, that the people that died before, I don't believe this, but some people believe that you're a disembodied Christian until the resurrection happens. That's another view that some people have. Some people believe that there is no necessarily bodily resurrection, that in a Christian you die, and then your spirit goes to, and you're given this, this uh, new body, the same one you'll have on the day of the, of the rapture, but you're already there before them. And then what's being talked about here is it's the verbiage being used, but it means the same thing they say of, in other words, the resurrection happens when a Christian dies. That's his resurrection. He's resurrected in that time. And some very credible people believe that. I hold to the view that there's going to be a bodily resurrection and that we'll be not disembodied spirits, but we have some kind of a body in the presence of the Lord before the rapture happens. But I'm holding to this, you know, that I'm going to be in the rapture someday. This thing's going to happen. It's not if it's going to happen. It's just when it's going to happen. Now, some people say, well, you know, rapture is not in the Bible. That word is nowhere found in the Bible. Now, in the sense that in this manuscripts that we have, no. But the Latin Vulgate, the word raptus is used, which means that's where we get our word rapture. So it is in the Bibles. It's in the Latin Vulgate. The idea is that word means to be snatched away, to be taken up, to be taken up. And we believe that that's going to happen. It's a question of when. And now we see that when this happens, it says that the dead in Christ will rise first. There's going to be this thing all happening together. By the way, there's one more view. And I really still can't figure out the, the way that it's all going to work. But consider this one. There's no time in heaven. God's outside of time. So we have to have a time frame of when things happen. Boom, boom, boom. You know, we got it laid out, right? This happens in that chronological thing. That doesn't happen in heaven. It's different there. Everything either happens at once, if that's the way to put it. Can you imagine life all at once? And it doesn't end, by the way. So you never die. It's just all at once happening. How does that work? That's heaven, I guess. There's much more Pastor Bill Beckelman would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Anchored in the Word, the radio ministry of Pastor Bill Beckelman of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey. Pastor Bill will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Thessalonians next time. All of Pastor Bill's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at our website, anchoredintheword.com. While you're at the website, you can follow us on Facebook, learn more about Anchored in the Word, Calvary Chapel Coast Lands, listen to more of Pastor Bill's messages, learn about other ministries at Calvary Chapel Coastlands, as well as upcoming events and our location. 
That's all available at anchoredintheword.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Anchored in the Word, we want to say thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all of you that have supported this program. If you're a first-time listener or have been listening for a while, we would love to hear from you. Your testimonies have been a great encouragement to us. If you have an encouraging testimony to share, call us at 732-544-2225. That's 732-544-2225. Now please make plans to join us again for the next study through 1 Thessalonians with Pastor Bill as we state more in sound doctrine and anchored in the Word.